This is Rise Rocket Radio, episode 31, being recorded on Sunday, the 2nd of March 2014, at 14.02. That's two minutes past 2pm. Okay, let's start with some news. So, I'm a bit ill, which is why I crashed through the notes over the last two days. Usually I'll write up the notes during the week, which makes it a lot easier. But that's not what happened this time. I'm possibly feeling a bit under the weather due to lingering man flu, but I will say that the cold weather isn't helping. There was even a thick layer of ice on the car yesterday. I had to stand there chipping away at it with a pickaxe or, well, a little plastic pick thing. As you may have noticed, the podcast cover has changed, so now you can see me in my full resplendent glory, or not. I apologise if uh, the sight of me offends you, but uh, I, I got a bit fed up of hiding behind my avatar. And to be honest, my avatar was looking a bit ropey. I mean, I, I used the Face Your Manga app that you can get online free to design the uh, manga manga face. But as you can see, the top of my head is missing, and, and it was just driving me completely mad. And not having any... or having lots to do during the week, but... Finding any way to procrastinate out of doing it, I decided to change my podcast cover. And you can expect a, a few more changes in the coming days, uh, depending on how much I manage to avoid work and fiddle around with a podcast and blog instead. So we'll start off this week with... TV, we haven't got any movies to talk about, and the first thing is Amazon Studios. Amazon, as you probably know better than I do because I just realised this a few months ago, although Amazon's been in it for quite a while, Amazon has got into the TV business. And let's see, there's also an article, but I'll talk about that later, about Amazon and the TV business, but um, they've got several series on the go, I think one of them's called Alphas, I don't know anything about it, but the, the show that I know something about is Beaters, this is a 2013 show, kind of drama, comedy, dramedy? Does that make sense? Is that what they call it? Anyway, it looks to be quite enjoyable, though very uh, adult. It's a look at the San Francisco startup community and the ridiculous circus involved in getting a high-tech startup going. It was refreshing not to recognise any of the actors, apart from a very funny Ed Begley Jr., who plays this complete nutcase, uh, angel investor, who is the owner of a high-tech venture capital accelerator. 
I don't know how similar this would be to a, an accelerator, like Y Combinator, but who knows. I'm starting to wondering how, how many times in this podcast I'm going to say high-tech. Your bets, please? I'm hoping not many, but uh, the, the team involved in the startup are, are very uh, funny and very stereotypical nerds. I also get the feeling that there's a bit of the social network in here. It feels like that, the relationship between the, the CEO and the CTO. But let's play a little clip that I have here ready. And you can see for yourself, or hear for yourself anyway. So here goes. This is a trailer for Beaters. This is a huge opportunity. You know what companies have been through this accelerator? VRB. This app helps like-minded people socialize in the real world. I think you're going to flame on or flame out. Either way, it ought to be entertaining. I don't believe in meetings. I believe in massages. You get everybody's attention, you better deliver. Oh, I feel that. So there we have it. That little speech where you hear the guy say, if you want to get everyone's, anyone's attention, you better deliver. That was Ed Begley Jr. And it doesn't really do him justice for the series itself because he is extremely eccentric. Or, or rather, his character is... The other shows that I believe they have coming up, uh, or they're in development anyway, are quite interesting. The first is Barbarella. Now, much as I hate reboots, and I love the Jane Fonda movie itself, I, I mean, I love it so much that Jane Fonda's in the header of my blog, I have to say a resounding yes. You see, I've read that they're going back to the comics by Jean-Claude Forrest. And I've put a link to this guy in the show notes. So have a look. He, he was the guy that uh, wrote and drew um, the original Barbarella comic strip. The next thing I hear that they're developing is Bosch. That's B-O-S-C-H, a bit like the drill, in fact exactly like the drill, or rather probably Hieronymus Bosch. And there is a trailer for this too, let's see if I can get this up. Right, so there are quite a few trailers, I'll just play one of them. Here goes. Chief, I've been subpoenaed too. I'm only here to show my support. Yeah. You've got me wrong, Detective. You have to understand something. My primary objective is to protect the reputation of Los Angeles Police Department. And we don't wash our laundry in public, especially not in federal court. You're not here to hang me out to dry. On the contrary, the department exonerated you. They had to. It's a good shooting.
So that was a short and very, very uninformative uh, trailer. But I've put the link in the show notes, and there are a whole bunch of trailers there, so you can pick and choose between them and see what you think yourself. In that trailer, one of the actors was the tall, shaven-headed guy from Fringe, you know, the boss guy, the FBI man. So that's Bosch. Anyway, the the series is a screen adaptation of the very popular series of novels by Michael Connolly about an LAPD homicide cop. Apparently it's got a very, very uh, large fan base, and people are already commenting about this. Uh, I'm not so... I'm not that into cop shows, so I'm not sure whether I'll be picking this up, but um, it it might be your cup of tea. So check that out. That's Bosch. Now, the last thing I wanted to mention about Amazon Studios, which is their new television development wing, I suppose you'd call it, is that there's a really interesting article I found about network TV like ABC or CBC, CBS, versus the new online TV stations, I suppose, like Amazon TV. It's a really long link, so again, check out the show notes. Next, books. So this is going to be the longest section this week, but I'll start off with one book that I've barely scratched the surface of, and that's Doctor Who Short Trips, The Centenarian. Centenarian. There you are, Centenarian. 2006. This was a library find. It's a big Finnish anthology of the life and times of the Doctor, as seen through the eyes of a man called Edward Granger, who keeps bumping into him throughout his lifetime. It seems like a fairly diverting read from Big Finish, so I'll be reading one or two stories from that. I might might tackle the whole book, but it's kind of cool that it's not a long book and it's broken up into lots and lots of little short stories by lots of different writers. So you get quite a lot of variety there. And now we come on to the main section of the show where I'm going to talk about one of my favourite characters from fiction, Cain the Mystic Swordsman. So that's Cain with a K, K-A-N-E. Now this is quite handy, it's worked out quite handy that I don't have too much to chat about this week because I've wanted to tackle this for quite a while. And Cain is my all-time favourite fantasy hero, has been described as Conan on LSD. He is the brainchild of writer Carl Edward Wagner, an American psychiatrist turned genre writer. His own story is fairly colourful, but that would be a podcast in itself, so I put a link in the show notes to a website that covers his life and his works in far greater detail than I can right now. And you'll find that at carledwardwagner.org. 
so Wagner's Cain is a character based on what you would be fair to be what would be fairly called the true face of the biblical Cain cursed by a mad god to wander the earth after killing his brother. He is the man who committed the first murder and that's reflected in his violent nature. He's basically Conan, seen through a glass darkly but with a good dose of the gothic, romantic, byronic anti-hero thrown in for good measure. It's no surprise that Wagner was both a Robert E. Howard and H.P. Lovecraft fan. As are many, many writers who are into fantasy, so that's hardly unique. But I feel that his hero Kane is unique. Now there's a whole set of books that feature Kane. Some of them novels, some of them books made up of short stories or novelettes. Now the first one, chronologically speaking, not in the order that I read them, but as they were published, was Darkness Weaves in 1970. Though the copy I have is from 1978, because apparently the first copy was badly abridged and they finally released the restored version in 78, which is the copy I have. So in this first novel, the scene is really set for the tone of the series. There are lots of back alley deals, assassinations, black sinister towering monstrous fortresses, hideous sea monsters, black sorcerous arts, torture, mutilation, journeys down dank, dark passages, the works, in fact, the bread and butter of any dark fantasy that would be familiar to any reader of the genre today. In, in this novel, though, in Darkness Weaves, Cain is hired to wreak chaos by a mad witch, And without going for that, I can probably give you an excerpt from the back cover. Here we go. I'll read the middle paragraph. Driven insane when the king of Thovnos stole her exquisite beauty and turned her into a hideous creature, Ephrel, Empress of Pelin, desired a champion to marshal her mighty armies in vengeance. The champion she chose was none other than Cain. Actually, I'll carry on with the second paragraph. But when the messenger Imel saw the glittering madness in Cain's eyes, he knew he had met a sorcerer who frightened him more than his own dark empress. But can even the mystic swordsman survive the insane urges of Ephrael and the hideous secrets cast up from the bottomless sea. So, yeah, there's a, a, a good dose of um, both Conan 
and H.P. Lovecraft in there, as, as you can see. So, uh, the second book is Death Angel's Shadow, which is a collection from 1973. A lovely little collection, in fact, of stories in which Cain involves himself with more traditional monsters from European mythology like vamp uh, sorry, uh, werewolves, which are featured in the story Reflections for the Winter of My Soul, vampires, which are in the last story Mirage, and worst of all, some really repellent but normal human vigilantes in the middle story Cold Light, I do get the feeling that Wagner was trying to say something with that particular story, that maybe the worst monsters are us. Third, in 1975, we have a novel, Bloodstone. In Bloodstone, we see Cain in, playing the role of a mad scientist. Uh, in fact, a really, really loopy scientist slash wizard, who, who set himself up as a mad king of the toad people. <laughs> Even saying that just sounds absolutely crazy. And in 1976, we come to Dark Crusade. Now, this is actually my favourite novel. Although it's not the first novel he wrote, it was the first one that I read. I borrowed this from Bellingham Library. I'm not sure when. It must have been sometime in the 80s, maybe. This is important because it was the library where I went to to escape. It's where I revised for exams. It's also where my mum first took out a sci-fi book many, many years earlier to that which sowed the seed for my complete obsession with sci-fi fantasy and horror. The library sadly closed in the 1990s. I think it was 1991, I'm not quite sure. And they moved the library to a spanking new building opposite the town hall. I mean, it was a, a much-needed move. But it, it was quite sad to see the building... Go. It was the sixties. I don't know what you call it. A kind of futuristic-looking building. Looked like something out of Logan's Run. Had long, to uh, narrow, high stained glass windows and an odd asymmetric shape to it. But that was the. I think that was a borough library for Catford, and, and when they moved it, the, the building that replaced it was far larger. But unfortunately, it meant that you now had to take a bus to go to the library if you lived in Bellingham, where I did. But by then, I'd already moved, so that, that's actually immaterial. But the library did mean quite a lot to me, and I, I certainly indulged my passion for genre fiction there. 
In fact, when I had the, a collection, when I still had my first collection of sci-fi books, a collection that I'm now slowly trying to rebuild, many of the books were from library sales at that library. They they sold a lot of the Victor Galland's um, yellow jacketed hardbacks. I had quite a few of those. But anyway, back to the novel itself. So in, in this book, Dark Crusades, Cain is a mysterious, ambitious general who allies himself with an ex-bandit turned demonic cult leader. The, bat the battles in this book are absolutely vast and epic. The characters feel real and true and the violence is intense. If there's a book that defines the beginning of dark fantasy, at least for me, then this is it. I highly recommend this book. Actually, uh, uh, along with Darkness Weaves, they're the two, um, they're, they're the two good Kane novels. Most enjoyable, anyway. So next we have Night Winds in 1978. This is a collection again. And it's particularly notable for the first story, which has been welded into my mind. It's called Undertow. And in this story, Cain is an utterly insane sorcerer who, who has a go at bride-making. Now, I don't mean arranging to, <laughs> to marry someone. I mean literally making himself a bride. Because part of his problem is that he's immortal. So, if he ever has a relationship with, well, just comrades or, or a romantic relationship, it's inevitably doomed because he will live... He can't die of old age. So he'll see his spouse age and grow old and die, and it, and it sent him over the ages. It sent him, well, it sent him right round the bend, actually. Oh, let's see. Let's see, let's see, let's see. So, yes, it, it's kind of a spin on The Bride of Frankenstein. And from the, to the way they've structured the story, you don't really see the story from Cain's point of view. You see the story from a young hero's point of view, and Cain is definitely cast here as the villain. He's the antagonist, not the protagonist. So, quite disturbing and memorable. That was Night Winds, 1978. <laughs> Possibly, unfortunately, named. But, um... Now, the next book, actually the next few books, I, I don't own, because they are, they are collections of previous work. For instance, the next one in 1985, The Book of Cain, this is a collection with all the Cain stories. So if you have the previous books, you don't really need these, but as the previous books are nigh on impossible to get, uh, this might be the only choice. And the problem is, 
is that it's very, very rare and very, very expensive. If you manage to get this book, even on Amazon, you're looking at paying something like £200 for it. Next, we have a comic book, or, well, a graphic novel called Tell Me Dark by Carl Edward Wagner and Kent Williams, and I assume Kent Williams must be the artist, in, if that's the case, from 1992. This is a comic book that I have yet to read, so I can't really tell you much about that one. In 2002, we have Gods in Darkness, and I think I've got a feeling these last two were printed posthumously. Right, Gods in Darkness, 2002. This is just a collection of the novels that we've already talked about. Again, expect to pay through the nose for these. And let's see... Finally, we have Midnight Sun, The Complete Stories of Cain, 2003. So again, these are just the stories and some poetry. And even more moolah, I, I'm assuming. So that's that's it for Kane. If you can get the books, good luck to you. But actually, we'll chat about that in a second. So, before fleeing the mortal coil at the unripe age of 49, Wagner also wrote for TV and in other genres. Most of his work has a wonderfully shuddery, dark edge and always leaves you wanting more. He was the sort of writer, he is the sort of writer that I come back to time and time again and has influenced my own attempts at writing sword and sorcery, actually without a doubt. I mean, I've also read H.P. Lovecraft and Robert E. Howard. I mean, anyone who read, who, who's interested in sword and sorcery will have read those two authors. But by far the most influential on me has been Carl Edward Wagner. And as I said, he's written in a few other genres. Well, he's written in horror. And he has written another Conan book. He's written Conan, The Road of Kings book. He's written a couple of short stories in other books. I think one of the short stories is called Killers. Uh, and they're, they're kind of spread around all around the place. You need to do a Google search if you're really interested. But but the thing in common that you'll find... Well, sorry, the thing that you'll find common to all of his work, it's, it's very, very... Um, well, first of all, it's hard to put down... And secondly, it's very hard to forget. He's got that way of engaging the reader. Oh yeah, and uh, as you can see when we were talking about the latter books, every, every few years a publisher will try and make a buck out of this long-dead author. I'm not sure who owns his estate, but it does bug me no end. <laughs> Luckily for me, I ha had bought most of his work over the years before they were even thought of as being in any way valuable. However, if you're coming to this today and I've sparked off an interest and you want to get into his work, well, good luck to you. 
because the books are out of print and the only option you really have to do is either spending a fortune or sifting through second-hand bookstores. Now, when I say they're completely out of print, they are, but they are apparently available, and I hesitate to say this, but there are several torrents where, where his books can be obtained if you're willing to, you know, do so. But it is nice having a paper book, and I am so, I'm so grateful to have these books. I'm banging on about this quite a bit, but uh, I've also taken some photos of the books, and I'll post them up sometime. Well, uh, just to conclude this Cain uh, or Carl Edward Wagner's section, I'd just like to say that I, well, I like his work for many reasons, but one of the foremost is that it doesn't feel dumbed down. By this I mean it feels more like dark action fantasy for the thinking and arty adult. I thoroughly recommend any of his work, so go out and try and find some. I've put some links in the show notes to the wiki, uh, a much better site than my own where you can read all about him, and a link to all the articles on my own blog about Carl Edward Wagner. So you might want to check those out. Hope you enjoy them anyway. Okay, so that's it for Carl Edward Wagner and Kane the Mystic Swordsman. Nothing about comics this week, or games or toys, but just a little on technology. Now this week was the Mobile World Congress in Barcelona from the 24th to the 27th of February. And there were a number of announcements this week, as there usually is, from every major player. But the two things that stuck in my mind this week were announcements from Nokia of their Android X-Series phone. So, yeah, Nokia are getting into the Android smartphone business, it looks like. And they've come out with a series of budget phones. The X, the X Plus, and the XL. They start around £70. And they look rather nice. And they look like a good attempt at Nokia to crack the Android market. But you do get what you pay for. And you'll see if you look that up on the internet. Um, yeah, so that's Nokia, Nokia's X-series phones. The X, the X Plus, and the XL. Just to give you a hint, the, the cameras aren't that great. I mean, compared to a flagship smartphone or even my older iPhone 4S. The second thing that was announced was Mozilla's $25 phone. Unbelievable price, really. Even, even I, you know, as tight as I am with money, or as careful as I am with money, and I have to be, because I don't have much, even I'm surprised at how cheap this phone is. 
And of course, it will be running Firefox OS again, which means apps will have to be developed in HTML5, JavaScript, that kind of thing. Now, the VP of Mozilla has sounded remarkably bullish about this new phone and is saying that the you know they have proved their their metal in the past boasting about Mozilla's domination of the browser market but you know what i i'm a user of uh, firefox for years and i've got to say while while there's a lot of good stuff from Mozilla it's not a done deal. The smartphone market is highly competitive. And from what I've seen of the past couple of Firefox OS phones, they're okay, they're not bad, but they're not what really what you'd expect in this day and age. I mean, I find it hard to cope with anything less than 5 to 7 megapixels on my phone camera. And I, I guarantee at $25, you're not going to get a 7 megapixel phone, nor are you going to get a very high definition screen either. So I'm not sure what markets these are for. I, I, I get the feeling, and I think I remember him saying, I not remember, can't remember the name of the chat, but the vice president of Mozilla, he was saying that the idea of these phones were to, to supply markets where people can't afford very expensive smartphones, but it was also to phase out the feature phone. So from that point of view, you know, I maybe it could work. Who knows? Just watch this space, I suppose. So that's it this week. It's a much shorter show than usual, but I really haven't been up to doing a, a, or producing a full-length show this week. So, but at least I hope it's something. And I did get to talk about my favourite author of sword and sorcery of all time, Carl Edward Wagner. Okay, and finally, I would really appreciate if you would let me know what kind of geeky things you guys are up to out there. Because I know that people are downloading the show, I check. I check my AW stats and a hundred, you know, a couple of hundred downloads. That can't just be some weird fluke. People are listening. Or oh, they're shouting at it. Maybe they're downloading it and then just swearing at me for about half an hour as they listen to me you know, incompetently stumble my way through the show. But whatever, I'd like to know. You know, I'd like to know what your ideas are, what suggestions of things I'm, you might like me to cover on the show. I'd also like to just engage with people. T tell me what you're watching, what you're reading, the things you're coding, if you've got a, an interesting app that I might like to talk about. And it can be on any platform, I really don't care. Completely platform agnostic podcast. Uh, or even what you're writing. Or comic books, novels, short stories, anything. I'm interested in finding out. Maybe I'll give you a shout out on the podcast. So... Uh, 
that's it for now. Uh, get geeking out, people, and don't let the weather put you off. So don't follow my example. Don't, don't hide away from the weather. Well, saying that, I've got the heater cranked up to about 100 million degrees in here to keep me going, and I've got a woolly hat on. But enough. So that was the show. Thank you for listening. This was episode 31 of Roy's Rocket Radio, recorded on Sunday, the 2nd of March, 2014. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye.